Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me on this friday night this is your smackdown post show for may 26 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from my mother's basement as always right here in the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday evenings 
the start of your Memorial Days. Memorial Day weekend right here on Off the Script. Thank you guys for joining me. Wherever you may be. Man, this show was probably the most unimportant SmackDown of the entire year. There, there legitimately was nothing on this show outside of Roman Reigns and the bloodline that hold any weight whatsoever. If you missed tonight's show, which I hope you did, I, I hope genuinely you found something else more entertaining to do, whether that's watch your favorite MLB team tonight, whether that's watch an NFL, or not NFL, not yet, NHL playoff game. I know the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics are going at it in game six. I think tomorrow night. That wasn't on tonight, I don't believe. Otherwise, I would have been hearing about it from several of my friends that are Boston Celtics fans. But this show tonight, man, just nothing. Just nothing. WWE right now is ice cold. Ice cold, and I am just not excited about anything that's going on creatively right now in WWE. Everything feels so much worse coming out of WrestleMania. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what happened. I don't know why things... Actually, I do know why things took a a turn for the worse. But, I mean, I say it, and then people think I'm a fucking conspiracy theorist, but nobody wants to believe it. He's back. But man, oh man, everything from Cody, everything from Sammy and KO, everything from the bloodline, everything from, I mean, even the world championship that they're going to contest on Saturday afternoon, the world heavyweight championship between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. There's no excitement in anything. None. The Cody and Lesnar thing doesn't even make sense. The world heavyweight championship tournament was overly predictable. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa is legitimately the only thing that is unpredictable going into tomorrow afternoon and Night of Champions. Outside that, what happened on this show? L.A. Knight wrestled Rick Boogs. We got Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi Blackheart wrestling Damage Control. That's it. We got video packages for AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. Video package for... Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Bloodline segments at the beginning and at the end of the show. That was basically it. And a great TV match, I thought, with Karrion Cross and AJ Styles tonight. And this show was taped. This was a taped show where WWE obviously got a little trigger happy And piped in so much artificial crowd noise, fake crowd noise, that it was apparent and blatantly obvious from the first five minutes of the show. I can't stand it. I can't stand it on a normal fucking night. When WWE has a taped show, they are so fucking terrible. Everything from the commentary, everything from the overdub Michael Cole voiceovers, Everything from the artificial crowd noise where someone like Bianca Belair is in the ring and the crowd noise is so loud you can barely hear Bianca Belair talk and cut a promo. Why? I don't get it. 
You can't give us the genuine crowd that there is there wherever they were last week. I'd much rather hear a dead crowd than an obviously fake and overly dubbed artificial crowd. We had to sit through months of the Thunderdome and fake crowd noises. And WWE is still using what they did in the Thunderdome in 2023 with live human beings sitting in attendance. All because it's a taped show because the, the roster had to fly out to Saudi Arabia on Wednesday. Give me a break. That is ridiculous. It makes the show that much more unenjoyable. It makes the show that much more unwatchable. And it makes the show fucking lame. And I don't even want to be here to cover it. Shit sucks. It's embarrassing. It's actually embarrassing to watch. Like, nobody's cheering that loud for a Bianca Belair promo. Nobody. Give me a break. We're going to try and go over this show tonight, man. I, I, I swear to God, I don't want to be here as long as I have to. I, 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 don't, I don't want to be here as long as I have to. Normally, we're going to go over some Night of Champions predictions quick. Rapid fire predictions. And then we're going to get the fuck out of here because I have Destiny 2 to play and I want to finish the new dungeon that they just released today. Ghosts of the Deep. Yes. Can't wait. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me on the podcast this evening, man. We're going to get into all this stuff. Let me get some... Uh, what do we want to play here? There you go. Something nice. Thank you guys for joining me on this Friday night, man. I hope that you guys enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. I had a very arduous and long week. I am out of it. My schedule got all fucked up. I could not do half of the shit that I wanted. But hopefully this weekend is going to be good, man. I'll be live tomorrow afternoon after Night of Champions. So make sure you guys tune in right here on the podcast. I will have you covered. No doubt about it. Same thing on Sunday. It's going to be a big day on Sunday. Double or nothing. AEW's signature event from Las Vegas. 8 p.m. Jesse and I will be live on Sunday night. Hopefully not too late. But knowing TK, it's probably going to go till about 12. But we will be live on Sunday night covering double or nothing. Speaking of Jesse... Jesse was supposed to be live tonight. If you guys are fans of my guy, Chi-Town Smart, he was supposed to be live tonight for the Impact Under Siege pay-per-view. He decided not to go live tonight because he didn't want to compete with me and the SmackDown coverage. So what he is doing is obviously he watched the show. Obviously, he live tweeted during the show. But what he's doing is tomorrow afternoon at 12 noon, he will be live giving you a review of Under Siege. So instead of watching the lame pre-show for Night of Champions where nothing will happen, you guys can tune into Jesse because he will be doing Under Siege review and he will be going over preview and predictions of Night of Champions. So you guys can do that on his channel. So go check him out tomorrow afternoon. Shytown Smart right here on YouTube. I want to let you guys know, man, I finally watched John Wick 4. I finally watched John Wick 4. And to be honest with you, I enjoyed it more than part three. 
I thought it was fucking great. Man, I'll tell you what, man. The John Wick movies, especially this part four, man, beautifully shot. The colors and the the way it's it's shot and the vibe and the look of it. Fucking gorgeous, man. Gorgeous. Keanu Reeves is a beast. But I will say this. I will say this. I hope that they don't go fast and furious with it. I mean, if this is it, this is it. If this is the end, it should be the end. It should be the end. Now, after the ending that I saw, I don't know what they're going to do there, bro. I I don't know what they're going to do there. Apparently, apparently, number five is already in development. I don't know how you're going to come out of that one, man. That sounds like some Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard illogical creative plot hole. What are we doing? I don't get it. Yes, and, and rest in peace, Lance Riddick, man. I, listen, man, I don't know why they killed him off like 20 minutes into the fucking movie. Why? It's my guy, uh, Zavala. What happened? Ridiculous. Anyway, man, um, it's not the end, apparently, says Flex Zone. Yes, I know. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the ending in case you guys want to see it because it's actually coming to DVD and digital. But how are they going to get themselves out of that one? But I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it more than actually. I enjoyed it more than three and part two. I might. I might have enjoyed it more than all three of them. To be honest with you. Who do I main in Destiny? A hunter. Void hunter. Omnioculus. It's my go-to. Always. So yeah, a little fun fact there. John Wick 4 was fucking great. Got my guy Genius to thank for that one, man. Uh, it's what we do to get uh, pumped up for the gym. Watch from John Wick. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Go check out all the content on the channel, man. Videos, live streams, you name it, it's there. Go check it out. Hit that thumbs up. We've got 1,700 in the venue tonight. We need no less than one thousand likes minimum minimum the assistant manager of the venue says minimum jesse's not here because he's watching uh (laughs) he's watching impact get out of here man only three people watch impact jesse's one of them apparently jordan grace is a free agent where's she going i don't know she going to be a help to a division somewhere? Probably not. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Make sure you guys look good for the start of the summer, please. You can't do that without my friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20. Now check out. 20% off and free shipping. 
Go get some Manscaped. Want to thank them for sponsoring the show right here on Off the Script. Keep her away from AEW, says Matt, the PW fan. I don't think Jordan Grace would fit in the AEW women's division anyway, man. I just, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Nothing there. Where's she going to go? She'll probably end up in AEW for all we know. Listen, before we get into SmackDown, because honestly, nothing happened. Let's go over these uh, Night of Champions quick predictions for tomorrow night. Like I said, I'll be live after the show is over. That should be around 4, 4.30-ish, depending on when WWE wants to speed through this show. The World's Heavyweight Championship. Second place. The consolation prize will be contested. Seth Rollins. He will battle AJ Styles for the World's Heavyweight Championship. Now, I don't know if this will take on the lineage of Big Gold. AJ Styles tonight was interviewed by Kayla Braxton after his win over Karrion Cross tonight, and he said that, it will, that he will be the first World Heavyweight Champion. So I, I don't know. I did read that it may take on the lineage of Big Gold. I don't really know if that's true or not. That remains to be seen. Seth Rollins and AJ Styles for the World Championship. There was a rumor going around today. I tweeted about it. You guys were very vocal about it. There was a rumor going around saying that the World Heavyweight Championship may open the show tomorrow afternoon. Rollins and Styles for the world title may open the show tomorrow afternoon. That's a mistake. That is a big no-no. I don't know why they would do that. Listen, we know Roman Reigns is the world heavyweight champion. We know Roman Reigns is the undisputed world heavyweight champion. Why do we need Roman Reigns on this night to close the show wrestling for the tag team championships? Why does he need to close this show when you have something like this, the World Heavyweight Championship, being contested to crown a new champion for the first time in two years on Monday Night Raw, why would you have that go on first and not go on last? I don't get it. I don't really understand it. A story like that agitates me because the community already thinks of the Mini Big Gold, this new World Heavyweight Championship has second place and a consolation prize and a runner-up and however you want to describe it, it's a second place prize to Roman Reigns. Why would you want to add to that already negative stigma of the World Championship by putting it on first? You're crowning supposedly a first ever World Heavyweight Champion with this new title and you're not going to put it on last? Boy, that's going to really make the title look inferior to the World Heavyweight Championships. We don't need you to tell us that blatantly. We already know it. So why would you go and damage the World Heavyweight Championship by doing something so stupid like that? This match should be in the main event. I don't give a fuck who Roman Reigns is or what you think of Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins and AJ Styles should main event Night of Champions. Absolutely no fucking question. Some people don't think it's a big deal. Some people want to use the excuse, oh, Roman Reigns is reaching a 1,000 days 
as undisputed champion, but he's not defending his fucking titles. He's wrestling for the tag team titles. Who gives a shit? Roman goes on first or Roman goes on last. Now, normally, normally, Roman gets to choose when he goes on. It's either first or last. He may opt to go on last here because depending on the story, the world championship has no story. The tag team title situation has a lot of story. So WWE may opt to use the tag team match in the main event because the story is greater than the World Heavyweight Championship. But, I mean, if you want to get the championship off on the right foot, then it needs to close the fucking show. Otherwise, everybody is automatically going to deem it the second place prize for the World Championship. I don't get it. I don't understand it. One fucking time for you to do the right thing. That should be done. Roman can main event every other show. Doesn't matter. You know, the old Big Gold used to open shows. You know what people thought about that as well? Inferior, secondary, not on the level of the, of the World Heavyweight Championship, the WWE Championship. That's what it was, inferior. Can't make this title, can't make this new title feel that same way. Who's going to win it? Seth Rollins is going to win it. AJ Styles is a SmackDown guy. I don't see them moving AJ over to Raw. Seth Rollins is going to win it. There were reports about Seth Rollins and him doing movies and going to Hollywood and people getting upset and worried. He's already wrapped up filming. He's in Saudi. He's going to win the title. And he's going to pursue Hollywood after his wrestling career is over. The man was away two weeks and people like Cultaholic and WrestleTalk and fucking Fightful and all this other shit putting rumors out there that, oh, Rollins, he's, he's filming Hollywood. There's hesitancy on Rollins winning the title. Man was away for two fucking weeks and they gave you vignettes in his place to sell this match. He's going to win it. He'll be back. He'll be back full time. Nobody needs to worry. Seth Rollins is going to win it, and AJ stays on SmackDown. Cody Rhodes. He will go one-on-one with Brock Lesnar. This is a regular match, singles match. It's not a no DQ. It's not a last man standing. It's not a Texas death match. None of those things. Singles match, one-on-one. Triple H said today that Cody Rhodes has a broken arm, but he will wrestle anyway. WWE announced at a press conference today in Saudi Arabia that Cody Rhodes has a broken arm. However, despite this broken arm kayfabe, Rhodes will still wrestle Brock Lesnar tomorrow at Night of Champions in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. So they're using a fake injury. They're manufacturing a fake injury, just like they did, which wasn't fake. They're trying to recreate something that was real last year, this year with a broken arm, to get Cody looking a little bit more sympathetic. They need that sympathy for the big match from the fans going into this Brock Lesnar match at Night of Champions. Great. Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes has got a broken arm, says Triple H. That's a cool story, bro. How about a fucking explanation? 
There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nobody knows why this match is taking place. Nobody. Nobody knows why Brock Lesnar's attacked Cody Rhodes. Nobody knows what Brock Lesnar's intentions are. Nothing makes sense. They want to parade around with Cody Rhodes and his broken arm, but they don't want to give us any information on why Lesnar attacked. And people are funny, man. People are really funny. People are still coming up with reasons Oh, what about this? Oh, what if it's that? Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. The latest of excuses is, well, Triple H gave Cody Rhodes a funny look on Monday Night Raw. Maybe Triple H is behind everything that's going on with Cody Rhodes. I don't know where you guys pull this shit from, man. I really don't. That is the last thing. That is on the list of potential explanations for Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Triple H. I mean, they they don't even let this man run the fucking show. They're going to put him on the show. I don't think so. But it it would be one hell of a storyline, though, for all those times that Cody kind of insinuated going after uh, WWE and Triple H and smashing the throne while he was with AEW. I mean... They could really play that up. I wouldn't be fucking surprised now that I mention it. Boy, they're throwing everything at Cody Rhodes, huh? You guys want adversity, pal? We'll give him adversity. First Brock Lesnar, then he's got to go through the corporation. Is that what they're going to do? They're going to manufacture fucking a a fake injury and then come up with a corporation-like storyline for Cody Rhodes to battle through? Is Triple H going to be his final boss? Holy shit, man. How uncreative and lame can you be? I'm already zoned out of Cody Rhodes. I am. There's nothing interesting here going on with Lesnar. The last match lasted eight minutes. What do you think this is going to do? Eight minutes, nine minutes, that's all they do. And with a broken arm, it may actually go less. What is he going to do with one arm? He either wins and Lesnar attacks him because he's going to win by a fluke. Or we don't get Lesnar to attack. He waits and picks his spot. And we get this match going till SummerSlam. Or Lesnar wins and Cody wants a rematch At SummerSlam, because he wrestled this win with one arm. You can't win here. Either way you look at it, Lesnar wins or Cody wins. 
you're going to get a rematch at SummerSlam. Because the rumor now is that WWE's planning long-term for Cody Rhodes and Roman at WrestleMania 40. The more I see, the more I hear, the more I feel, Cody and Roman, though it makes sense for SummerSlam, is not happening at SummerSlam. You're getting Cody versus Brock, match number three, at SummerSlam. Cody may win. Cody may win. Cody may lose. Who knows? Either way, you're going to get match number three. Brock Lesnar is going to win tomorrow night. That's my prediction. Brock Lesnar is going to win tomorrow night. Maybe, maybe. I'm not even completely sure on that. Maybe Cody wins. Does WWE have Cody beat Lesnar three different times? Three, three times in this feud? I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't see that being the case. I can't. But what I can see is Brock Lesnar winning tomorrow night, and then Cody goes into the Money in the Bank ladder match, and Lesnar is there like a fucking, like a stalker, and he ruins Cody's chances of winning Money in the Bank. I think Lesnar wins tomorrow night. I can't see how Cody wins with one arm. Brock Lesnar is never going to allow someone with a kayfabe injury, one arm, beat him clean. Never going to happen. And it's a singles match. It's not like Cody can use a rope or a weapon or fluke his way to a victory. He's got one fucking arm. I don't see Cody winning tomorrow night at Night of Champions. I don't. Brock is winning tomorrow. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. They will defend the tag team championships against the Bloodline, Roman Reigns, and Solo Sokoa. WWE is hyping this up as a triple main event for Saudi Arabia. Now, after the segment that we got tonight in the main event of SmackDown, Roman Reigns held up all four tag team championship belts. That usually spells doom for the person holding up the championships. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens got beat down on the go-home show. I understand this is Roman Reigns' 1,000 days as champion, but... This match has nothing to do with the World Heavyweight Championship. Sami Zayn, I believe this is Sami Zayn's first Saudi Arabia show. This is not Kevin Owens' first Saudi Arabia show. This is his second show. I believe he was on one of the earliest ones. But this is Sami Zayn's first Saudi Arabia show. Sami Zayn was treated like a hometown guy at the press conference tonight. I honestly think that they will walk out victorious and they will be the tag team champions. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win. How? I don't know. But that's the beauty of this match. A lot of people were upset that Roman Reigns is not defending the world championship in a singles match on this show, being that the milestone of a thousand days is looming for him tomorrow night. I got to ask you guys a question, man. Why are people upset that Roman Reigns is not defending the titles on this show? Now, granted, it could have gone a different way. If WWE let Cody win the title at WrestleMania, we wouldn't be talking about 1,000 days. But the reason why WWE had Roman Reigns beat Cody Rhodes, 1,000 days as Universal Champion is certainly at the top of the list of reasons why WWE put Cody in that situation as a loser. Roman walked out. A thousand days is definitely at the top of the priority list for WWE. Why are people upset? 
Realistically, who would you want him to defend the titles against in Saudi Arabia? Who? Omas? AJ? Bobby Lashley? Or some other schmuck that he's already beaten before in this title reign? Why would they go and do? Why would you want, I should say, why would you want something so overly predictable? Everybody that steps in the ring with him until WrestleMania next year, at least, is a loser. Doesn't make sense. Now, WWE's given us a tag team match here with the tag team titles on the line with KO and Sammy defending against Roman and Solo. Roman and Solo are getting the tag team title match because Roman deemed the Usos losers. They couldn't do it twice. They got a rematch, and they couldn't get the job done. So they lost twice to Sammy and KO. So Roman's going to show and and show them how it's done. He's going to do it himself. He's going to do what the Usos couldn't do. That won't happen. That will not happen. But this match is so much better uh, as far as what to do with Roman on Night of Champions. This match is filled with unpredictability. You don't know which way WWE is going to swing on any given whim. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens can lose these tag team t- They can lose it tomorrow. Vince McMahon could say, you know what? I'm having Roman four belts at the end of Night of Champions. It could happen. You can't feel that way if Roman's wrestling Omos or AJ or Bobby Lashley or Rey Mysterio or Edge or some other fucking schmuck in a one-on-one match. You're not going to feel that way. This match is so back and forth. It's so much more unpredictable. That's the reason why I like this match happening over a singles match with Roman Reigns. Now, the rumor is Roman will defend his world title against somebody at Money in the Bank and somebody at SummerSlam, obviously. These are two major shows. Who those opponents will be, I don't know. It could be members of the Bloodline. It could be Bobby Lashley. I don't know. WWE doesn't have anybody on SmackDown, but AJ and Bobby Lashley right now. So everybody on that roster is basically going to be fed to Roman Reigns so that they may get this reign till WrestleMania. This is why this match makes sense. Now, Roman winning the titles does not make sense. Roman is not winning the tag team titles. WWE can't even find opponents for Roman to defend his titles against now. Why would they put the tag team titles on Roman and Solo when he doesn't even wrestle for the world championship now? He barely shows up now. We're going to put more titles on him being a semi-part-timer And not have the tag team titles defended on TV along with the WWE and Universal titles? I mean, that's blatantly obvious that WWE won't go and do that. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, I did say a few weeks ago that we could have gotten here without Roman being the world champion. Because it's certainly set up for... The match to take place without Roman being the champion. And I talked about this a couple weeks ago. If Cody won the world championship and Cody beat Roman at WrestleMania, this match still makes sense. In fact, it makes more sense to do this match with Roman not having the world championships and Cody as the world champion. Cody is the world champion. If Cody beat Roman at WrestleMania then his match and feud with Lesnar would have made a lot more sense than it does now because at least at that point, 
it would have been it would have given Lesnar a catalyst to attack Cody Rhodes. He could have attacked Cody, whereas he couldn't attack Roman because the stipulation was when Roman beat Lesnar last time that he cannot get another title shot as long as Roman is champion. So if Cody won the title at WrestleMania, his feud with Lesnar would have made a lot of sense. And the tag team title match here would have made a lot of sense because Roman feeling down and looking to place blame on somebody. He's not going to blame himself. Obviously, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were at the end of that match with Cody. They could have been the ones to help Cody beat Roman. There's your feud there. Roman blaming the Usos would have been great as far as storytelling is concerned. And him going after the tag team championships, you've got Lesnar is got, uh, or Lesnar is taking up Cody's time. That would have been that would have given him the opportunity to say, you know what, you couldn't get the job done against these guys. I'm going to get the job done for you and show you how it's done. Everything has been set up or was set up for all of this to take place without Roman being the champion. I want you guys to think about that. Now, clearly, that's not the case. But when you think back to WrestleMania and the decision that they made, I said this once. I'm going to say it again. If Triple H was completely in charge, I see Cody Rhodes walking out of WrestleMania as the world champion. With Vince back, that's why Roman is still the champion. Vince doesn't want Roman to lose the championships. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win. How? I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, they're promoting the Usos will not be in Saudi Arabia. They're really making that a statement. Stay home. Are they going to stay home? Because if they stay home, I don't see how Roman and Solo lose. But if they are there, if they're told to stay home and then they don't listen, that's a different story. This would not be the first time that they don't listen to Roman Reigns. Maybe they feel like they're doing a good thing. We'll see. But Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, I feel like they will win and they will retain the tag team titles. Gunther. He will defend the IC title against Mustafa Ali. Should be a great match. And hopefully WWE gives them more than enough time to have a great match. Gunther will win, no doubt about it. All I ask is that WWE gives them at least 15 minutes. Easy. This match should not go less than 10 minutes. Bianca Belair versus Asuka. No explanation as to why the Raw Women's Champion is operating her business on SmackDown. I don't know. And it's not like she's defending the Raw title against someone over on Monday Night Raw. She's defending the Raw title against Asuka, who is a SmackDown talent. Bianca Belair is winning and retaining the title. There's no reason why Asuka is winning the title from Bianca Belair when they failed to do that at WrestleMania, where I thought that was the right decision in April. Bianca Belair retains. Rhea Ripley versus Natalia. Give me a fucking break. Rhea Ripley is absolutely going to wipe the floor with Natalia. Zero reason why Natalia would ever win that match. You ain't taking that title off Rhea Ripley at all. And Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. I'm actually going with Trish Stratus. Because unfortunately, I think we will be subjected to all of this still going into SummerSlam. Just like Cody and Brock, this is match one of three. I think we get this again. 
another time, and then I think we get the blow-off at SummerSlam. And I think that sucks. Nobody wants to see these two women wrestle three different times. That is your Night of Champions preview and predictions, or predictions. I don't know how much of a preview that was, but it is what it is. Let's get into SmackDown tonight, man. I kind of want to breeze through this. I don't want to sit here and uh, go over everything. Austin Theory. He wrestled Sheamus. This was for the United States Championship. This night of champions. Not all the titles are on the line. The United States Championship is not on the show tomorrow night. This was defended today on SmackDown. This was a decent match. Very good match. Austin Theory. Apparently there's a rumor going around that WWE has major plans for Austin Theory. I don't know what that means. Does that mean him losing the United States Championship? Does that mean him moving into a world title program? I, I don't know. What what major plans can you legitimately have for Austin Theory if he is still the United States Champion? I don't get it. Roman Reigns is the champion, and nobody is going to be in the ring with Roman as an odds-on favorite. So clearly he's not advancing to the World Championship. What I think that means is Austin Theory is going to target the other major name on this show, the other big baby face on this show. I would probably deem him the second biggest baby face on SmackDown right now. And I think that Austin Theory will be battling Edge going into the summer. I think that is the major plan for Austin Theory. I don't know what the major plan is. But I could see Austin Theory wrestling under some legend gimmick type deal. And I think Edge is going to be his target this summer. I don't know. I also read a rumor today that WWE knows exactly when Randy Orton is going to come back to WWE TV. That could be Austin Theory's major plan as well. He slays Edge and then in comes Randy Orton. I don't know. But Randy Orton more than likely would probably go to Raw because that's where Matt Riddle is and they got shit to tie up over there. So I'm just talking out my ass right now. But I do think that Edge and Austin Theory is probably going to be a major summer match for WWE because on SmackDown, nothing else really makes sense. Nothing else makes sense. So Sheamus and Theory had a decent match here. Very good match. Theory was getting it. On with Sheamus here. They were back in the ring after some some uh, shenanigans on the outside. And Theory went for a couple of pin attempts. Sheamus kicked out both times. Theory landed a rolling blockbuster. Very nice move by Austin Theory. Theory then started uh, toying with Sheamus, which only got Sheamus angry. Sheamus hit the Irish curse for a two count. He then landed a big time power slam for another two count. Sheamus had Theory on his back, and he was on the second rope. Theory fought out and started clubbing Sheamus in the back. Theory lifted Sheamus, slammed Sheamus for a two-count with a power slam. Theory went for a rolling blockbuster, but he was met with a knee right to the face. Sheamus teased the 10 beats, but Theory kicked his way out of it, picked up a chair for the DQ, but Rich Holland took the chair away from him. 
Sheamus then finally hit the 10 beats on Austin Theory, which looked devastating. And that turned into 25 beats on Austin Theory. Out of nowhere, we got Pretty Deadly showing up and attacking the brawling brutes on the outside. They climbed on the apron and got Sheamus' attention, which led to Theory rolling Sheamus up for a flash pin off of the Pretty Deadly distraction. One, two, three, Theory hooked the tights. To pin Sheamus. Now, I don't know what's going to happen here. I mentioned Edge. I think that's the major plan. There's no reason for Austin Theory to be losing the championship unless Sheamus is the one that's going to be losing or winning, rather, the United States championship from Austin Theory. If they want someone to take the United States title off of Austin Theory, Sheamus is a prime candidate. I kind of feel bad for Sheamus because I deemed him the guy to take the belt off of Gunther. But clearly that's not going to happen. But who knows what they're going to do with Austin Theory. I mean, I'm not worried about Austin Theory. I'm not. But I do feel like Austin Theory is kind of stuck. I don't really know how to kind of look into it or read into it or describe it to you. Austin Theory, when he was kind of undergoing this, this character change... When Triple H wanted to take the Money in the Bank briefcase off of him last year, he was undergoing this change. He was getting a little bit more gritty, a little bit more down and dirty. He grew a beard out. He started to kind of mature right in front of our eyes. He started to shed the gimmick that Vince McMahon had. He had the fucking phone, and he was taking pictures and selfies and stealing eggs. That shit was lame. I kind of feel that since that, moment, Austin Theory really hasn't done much of anything. He didn't even really do much of anything in his feud with John Cena. The match kind of happened, and nobody ever talked about it again. Everybody deemed it a big deal for Austin Theory. Yeah, he got a victory over John Cena in the very first match at WrestleMania. He won in 10 minutes. But is anybody talking about how big of a monumental victory that is for Austin Theory? Is that victory doing anything for Austin Theory? No. The momentum is just not there. A win over John Cena at WrestleMania has seemingly already been wasted. They have not followed up on it. Austin Theory seems ice cold with the rest of the creative team. I don't get it. Yeah, he's the United States champion. Yes, he's a youth that is going to take this company into the next 10 years, 15 years. He is the United States champion, and WWE has done a very good job of building up their secondary titles. But even that doesn't even feel on par with what Gunther is doing with the Intercontinental title. How do we get him there? How do we get him? How do we continue to move him up? Because right now, I just feel like he's stuck. And there's nothing that WWE is doing to help aid in this problem. It was a backstage segment with the bloodline. And Roman Reigns apparently is going to celebrate 1,000 days next week live on SmackDown. Heyman said the Usos weren't scheduled to be at Night of Champions, but the Tribal Chief was inviting them to the celebration next week for 1,000 days. He wants the whole family to be there. Reigns smiled. He says he wants the whole family there, especially Jay. 
Jimmy took exception. He says he doesn't know what his issue is with him. He says he was hungry and he was going to get up and leave. But Reigns, as soon as he saw Jimmy get up, he asked where Jimmy was going and ordered him to sit down. Jimmy stayed standing. Reigns stood up and got in his face. He then told Jimmy, do something. You make a good tough guy, so do something. Jimmy then faces Roman and stares him down. Reigns told him, come on, do something. He says he whooped him when they were kids, and I'll whoop you right now here. He said nothing has changed. He told him he will respect and obey and acknowledge him. Jay told him to leave. They got up and left. We'd see the tribal chief next week. Things are certainly getting hot and heavy here with the bloodline. It's compelling. Nobody knows what's coming next. Nobody knows who's going to turn on who. Nobody knows what Solo's going to do. There are multiple ways where this thing can just explode. And we don't know. We don't know. Jay is diffusing the situation. Jay is being a little bit more obedient. Jimmy is now the one who's seemingly got a problem with Roman. And Solo is being very quiet. Solo sees and observes all. We don't know. There could be another twist in Solo that we have not seen on TV yet. Bailey and Io. Tag team match against Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi Blackheart. This match went nine minutes. Absolutely nothing here mattered at all. Raquel and Bailey began the match. EO tagged in quickly. All four women are brawling in the ring. Action spills out outside. Shotzi with the suicide dive right through Raquel's legs through the ropes. That's a nice move. That's a nice move. Shotzi covered EO for a two count. Raquel tagged back in, went for a choke slam on EO. Bailey had tagged in blind, took back control. Both Sky and Bailey tried to control Rodriguez, but Rodriguez got the hot tag to Shotzi, worked over Bailey with a bulldog. Big kick, big right hand. Shotzi suplexed Bailey and hit a splash off the top rope, who was draped over the second rope. Bailey was. Goes for cover, gets a two count. EO tagged in, along with Bailey, kicked Shotzi's, Shotzi in the head. Shotzi came back with a suplex and pinned EO, but Bailey broke up the cover. Raquel tagged back in, lifted EO up, and she was working out of a choke slam, I believe, and drove Raquel's head into the turnbuckle. Raquel came back to drive EO into the corner again. Bailey tagged back in. Sky came off the top rope to take out Shotzi. But Raquel had Bailey down in a pinfall at the same time. One, two, three. And Bailey eats the pin as Raquel gets the victory for her and Shotzi. Nothing really uh, all that great here. They furthered the tease of EO being upset with Bailey and teasing a little tension in damage control. But. The ending was botched, I believe, because it looked like Rodriguez had done some move. She was sitting in a pin, and EO came off the top rope. I don't know what had happened there. It's very difficult to describe, but this match was basically a showcase match 
for WWE to hype up the Fatal 4-Way Women's Tag Team title match on Monday where we will crown a new Women's Tag Team Champion. Now, we got Sony Deville and Chelsea Green. We have Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. We have, I don't even know who else is in the match, Raquel and Shotzi, and one other team that I, I, I don't know of. Nor do I care. Don't really give a shit. WWE should be telling us about why there are two sets of women's tag team titles on the main roster instead of crowning another tag team champion when they could have easily merged the titles and crown one tag team champion on the main roster. Seriously. That's what we need an explanation for. Not crowning new women's tag team champions. Ridiculous. Damage control. Damage controls in the match. Yes, Bailey and uh, Io, right? Yeah, there you go. That's the 14. Not like you give a shit. Got a vignette airing on Grayson Waller with clips of him in NXT. In-ring action on the mic. Showing some highlights of his NXT run on Tuesday nights. Hopefully, WWE gives him a lot of shine on the main roster because I'd love to see something out of Grayson Waller for sure. Great talent. You guys are going to really love what he brings to the table. Cameron Grimes. He went one-on-one with Ashante the Adonis. They are... Shiro! Oh, now it's good. Okay. I don't know why I'm always talking about these guys. There's always reverb in the basement. I don't get it. Hit Row. We got um, Hit Row on the show. I I don't know how many of you guys actually watched the show with me. Hit Row came out in ski masks, these white ski masks. Top Dollar wearing a ski mask. B-Fab wearing a ski mask. Ashante Adonis wearing a ski mask. Like they were going to rob a bank. Why? They must have got a call from Swerve. You know what you guys need? You guys need ski masks. Because Swerve is wearing a ski mask now with the uh, mogul affiliates. Or whatever the, 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 the mogul embassy. Whatever the fuck... His uh, stable is, that loser stable of his on Ring of Honor or AEW. Where where are they? It's so great that they nixed the Strickland and Keith Lee match from Double or Nothing. Great. What are we doing? This is presentable television? I mean, they look ridiculous. They look absolutely fucking ridiculous. How are you going to be taken seriously when you're coming out Dressing like you're about to rob a fucking Capital One. Holy shit. 
And poor Ashanti Adonis. He's the best fucking talent in the entire group. And he has to look like a geek. Like the rest of them. Two minutes. Cameron Grimes took Ashanti Adonis to the moon. Cave in and that was it. Maybe Top Dollar needs a fucking ski vacation. Bro, listen. I'd rather you go on a ski vacation to the Poconos instead of being on Friday night. Bianca Belair. She's in the middle of the ring. Fans are chanting EST, EST. A lot of piped in crowd here. Fucking fans were so loud I couldn't even hear Bianca speak. She says she's going to defend against Asuka at Night of Champions. She talked about having respected Asuka in the past, but this Asuka is different. She said if Asuka wanted a rematch, all she had to do was ask. She said she waited until she got into her hometown and humiliated her in front of her entire family and friends. So she said her vision is blurry, her hands are still green, but her mind has never been more clear. She said she's not giving Asuka a rematch. She's giving her a fight. So Asuka's music played. Asuka attacked Belair from behind. She applied her Asuka lock as Belair kind of struggled to break free. Producers ran into the ring and started separating them. Belair grabbed Asuka and tried to give her a KOD. But the producers in the ring caught Asuka before she hit the mat in the KOD. Asuka retreated and danced. As Belair was grabbing her arm in pain, selling the Oscar lock. This match is basically happening because they need something to happen like this on the show. They need a championship match on the show. And WWE, I could say, well, why didn't they put the United States title on the show? That could have easily fit on the show. Austin Theory versus Sheamus. I would have taken that over Bianca Belair and Oscar. At least we've seen that match already. Right? We haven't seen Austin Theory and Sheamus. But you know, WWE and their fucking bullshit narratives, their political agendas. Oh, we got three women's matches at Night of Champions. (laughs) It's the only reason why this women's match is taking place. So it adds to the overall number. We had three women's matches in Saudi, pal. We're making changes to the government. You fucking break. Who gives a shit? This feud is lame. Going into WrestleMania, this shit sucked. Then we get a draft. They both get drafted to the same show. Bianca Belair is the Raw Women's Champion, holding the Raw title on SmackDown. What do you think Bianca's first match is coming out of WrestleMania? The same fucking match that she went into WrestleMania with before the fucking draft. Great job there, Vince. Tell me how a show is meaningless without telling me the show is fucking meaningless. L.A. Knight. He wrestled Rick Boogs. This went three minutes. What a barn burner this was, huh? Bell rang. Boogs dropped Knight on the announce table within a minute into the match. Boogs obviously overpowered Knight, started tossing him around. He lifted him up. 
for a big slam. Knight raked Boogs in the eyes and then landed blunt force trauma for the win. LA Knight wins over Rick Boogs. We got the Street Profits who were on commentary during this match. He confronted, did LA Knight, Montez and Angelo Dawkins on commentary. He says he knows they were talking trash about him. He said their time is coming, though. He says they're going to get smoked. I hear you guys want the smoked. Well, yeah, I am going to smoke both of you guys. LA Knight is fucking great. Can he just have a fucking feud with a storyline where it doesn't involve a random partner or some fucking match booked on a whim on a Friday night? Who's winning money in the bank? I don't know. A lot of people want LA Knight to win money in the bank. It depends on when we get those qualifying matches for money in the bank. He's certainly a top contender. I'll tell you that right now. We got a vignette. Karrion Cross and Scarlett, they drew the AJ Styles card like they did last week. Cross said a stubborn path only sees one path before him. He said Styles should be focused not on Seth, but the condition he'll be in after he's victimized by Karrion Cross. Very good stuff here. I thought this was great. AJ Styles was Karrion Cross. Very good, easily the best thing on the entire show. From an in-ring aspect, easily the best thing on the entire show. Styles wins in 10 minutes, though. 10 minutes, Styles gets the victory. Obviously, because Styles is wrestling for the world title, he's not going to go lose a match to Karrion Cross before he's got to go and wrestle Seth Rollins for the world's heavyweight title. Cross worked really good here. He worked hard here. He wrestled a very good match with Styles. They were both at a very similar pace. He did not miss a beat. He stood toe-to-toe with Styles. He worked a great match. You know, I'm going to need... He may not be the most over guy. He may not be the most interesting guy to you, but, I mean, he's not a bad wrestler. He's not. You see him actively trying to fix things from the beginning stages of his WWE run, where he worked a much slower style. I honestly do think that Styles is the type of guy that Cross works best with. Those those wrestlers who know how to ground wrestle, who know how to mat wrestle, who know how to fly. I think he works this type of guy a lot better than a big man, right? These are the types of guys he needs to work. This is the type of pace he needs to work. Cross was in control early. And Styles tried to fight back. Scarlett cut off Styles by grabbing his foot from the outside. Mia Yim ran out, and she chased Scarlett to the back. Cross Cross was in control. He worked a chin lock on Styles, kind of slowing the pace down a little bit, working a very methodical style for a little bit. Styles fought his way out with some chops, punches, and enziguri. Styles lifted Cross. Cross got out of it. Styles hit a running forearm, and Ayushi Goroshi. For a two count. He went for a tornado DDT, but Cross counted with a pair of suplexes. And he went for a cover, gets a two count. Cross went for a cross hammer. Styles ducked it, went for a Styles clash. Cross pushed Styles away. Styles rolls to the outside, and he jumps off the, off the top rope. Phenomenal forearm. And that was enough to get the victory. 
He beats Karrion Cross, and he gets the one, two, three. Styles was interviewed after the match by Kayla Braxton, and Seth is the challenger, right, for the world championship. Styles says, well, Seth is very confident, but he ain't phenomenal. He says he'll put a phenomenal beating on him on his way to becoming the world champion. Basic promo, straight to the points, and shows what AJ Styles is here for, the World Heavyweight Championship. Good. That's the most important thing in AJ Styles' career right now, that World Championship, and he said so. The KO Show. This is the final segment of the show tonight. Again, not much happened on SmackDown. Not much happened on SmackDown. Sammy and KO. They were out there. They're having a little fun introducing the segment. They were interrupted by Paul Heyman, who walked out carrying both of Roman Reigns' belts over his shoulders. He says it amazed him that they still don't get the plot around here. The tribal chief doesn't come out when you want the tribal chief to come out. There's no booing when the wise man comes out and has the microphone either. He said Reigns comes out when he decides he wants to. All of a sudden, the Usos music plays. Not Roman's music. The Usos music played. And Heyman looked surprised and also very annoyed. They ran right past Paul Heyman. And Heyman stared at them. Jay gets in the ring. And he's with Jimmy. And Jay says they haven't forgotten what KO and Sammy did to them last week. He says they have a problem staring them in the face. Sammy began to respond. Owens interrupted and said, well, listen, listen, I got this. Let me talk to these guys. I didn't want to talk to Roman. I want to talk to these two guys right here. My partner here, Sammy, seems to love you guys and seems to be concerned about you guys. I don't really give a shit, but I'm going to tell you what I have to tell you right now. Here's a spoiler for you, Heyman. He says he knows Reigns wasn't going to come out. Said Sammy made it clear he still cares about these guys and he doesn't get it. He says he thinks they deserve better than the bloodline, but he said he couldn't care less. Acknowledge this. Sammy's been right about everything this whole time, and he has been. Sammy's like a a, a magic ball, crystal ball. Sammy's been right about this the entire time. He's been right about how Roman Reigns treats you, and he's been right about you deserving better. He said Reigns can call himself the head of the table, but he considers the Usos the hearts of the table. He asked them what the bloodline would be without them. He said Reigns treats them like they're the appendix of the table, like they're disposable. He said he uses them. He says they don't do anything unless Reigns tells them to. He asked what they think when they look in the mirror. He says they went from being the greatest tag team in WWE history to being nothing more than Reigns' errand boys. Jimmy started laughing and then told Sammy, that they, the Usos, are the best tag team of all time. He said, when it comes to tag teams, I am the tribal chief since day one. This man had fucked up right there in front of a live audience. Since day one, I am the tribal chief. Soon as he said that, Roman Reigns' music hits on the PA system. Heyman... He stood on the apron, jaw dropped. He didn't really understand why Jimmy said what he said. Reigns walked out alone, obviously pissed off by Jimmy using the term tribal chief. Heyman looked like he just watched everybody just get murdered in the middle of the ring. 
Unbelievable. Reigns walks out. He got in Jay's face. Then he moved to Jimmy. He threw the mic over his shoulder. Sammy says, you know the bloodline is collapsing, Roman, and it's all your fault. So Sammy's there with a microphone still egging him on. Reigns knocked the microphone out of Sammy's hand. Owens, he gets in between Roman and Sammy. He gives Roman Reigns a stunner. A big brawl broke out with everyone in the ring. Owens punched away at Jimmy at ringside. Sammy gave Jay an exploded suplex in the corner. Solo Sokoa ran in and took out Sammy and KO with Samoan spikes. Reigns threw a chair out of the ring. It broke. He started throwing all the KO set out of the ring and destroying the entire KO set. He yelled and then delivered a spear to Sammy after Solo gave him the assist. Jimmy picked up the tag belts. Reigns held out his hands, expecting them to be handed over. Jay handed over the tag team titles to Roman Reigns. There's four sets of titles in the ring. Or there's uh, two sets of titles and four titles, individual, in the ring. Jay picks up one set of tag team titles, hands it to Roman, and Roman accepts it. Jimmy, on the other hand, picks up the other set of tag team titles and doesn't hand it to Roman. He leaves Roman hanging. And then Jay goes to grab the tag team titles from Jimmy to hand to Roman. And Roman is still standing there with his hands out. And Jimmy is still not obliging. And he's holding on to the titles and giving Jay a hard time about taking the titles away from him. Bloodline theme played. Reigns has all four titles. He holds up the titles as SmackDown goes off the air. So many moving parts here, man. So many different ways. I said before, so many different ways they can tell this story and have this play out. Who is going to turn on who? Is it going to be Roman on Jay? Is it going to be Roman on Jimmy? Is it going to be Roman on both the Usos? Is it going to be Jimmy on Roman? Is it going to be Solo on Roman? We don't know. That's the big thing about this storyline, man. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of unpredictability. That's why I'm not really upset that this match is taking place on Saturday afternoon because it presents the best possible scenario, unpredictability, and the best story. Roman Reigns defending the Universal Heavyweight Championship going into Night of Champions would have been a colossal waste of time. At least with this, we get unpredictability. You got four or five different ways that this shit can occur, and you don't know what the outcome is going to be as far as is WWE. Is Vince going to give Roman the titles, or is Roman going to implode even more because of outside interference from the Usos, who he blatantly told tonight, to stay home and not even go to Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting situation, to say the least, tomorrow. And like I said, I got you guys covered on the show right here on the podcast tomorrow afternoon after Night of Champions goes off the air. And that is basically your SmackDown show tonight, man. Not a lot going on tonight in the terms of uh, normal SmackDown shows. Very, very, very light. But this is what WWE gets. They want to skimp on story. They want to skimp on build. And then we are subjected to basically unimportant, irrelevant, waste of time shows. Thank you guys very much for joining me on this Friday night, man. It's Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you guys got something fun planned. I have no idea what I'm doing. 
But I got a lot of pro wrestling to watch, unfortunately, on this Memorial Day weekend. Follow me on social media for all the latest updates at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out in just a second. But I want to shout out my sponsor for today's show, my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. You guys are going to get 20% off and free shipping. When you use that code SCRIPT20. The Performance Package 4.0, guys, is going to get your body ready for the summertime. Don't be that guy at the beach, man, with that Austin Powers chest hair. And if you grew some winter mantis, the least you could do is make sure that they're hairless. The Performance Package 4.0, man, comes with the Essential Lawn Mower 4.0. Waterproof cordless body trimmer with a ton of other liquid formations to round out your grooming routine, such as the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. You're also going to get the Weed Whacker 2.0 for those ear and nose hairs. Take that right out. You're also going to get two free gifts, a shed travel bag with $39 in value and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. If you're wearing sandals, you're going to need the Manscaped Shears 2.0 nail kit. But having the right tools for the job is essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for your grooming job, man. 20% off, free shipping, code script 20 at checkout, manscapes.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles. See what we got here, man. Sonny Singh with a 199. Have you watched Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction? Uh, Pulp Fiction, yes. Reservoir Dogs, no. Tony Brown with a 499. Excellent meat, especially Bailey. Yum, says Tony Brown. Paul Van Tassel with a 29 months. I would like to toast to all the men and women who have sacrificed their lives and times away from their families so we honor their memories. Thank you, Paul. It's very kind of you. Very, very patriotic of you, Paul Van Tassel. Love you, brother. Thank you so much, man. 29 months in the venue. JP5150 with 32 months. I hear... By rename Night of Champions, Sweet Saudi Money 10, the beginning of the end. Where WWE gets to count that Arab money and be creatively lazy. Sweet Saudi Money 10, the beginning of the end. I like it. Reservoir Dogs is great. Might have to check it out. Where can I watch it? Eric Newton. Thank you for the 32 months, JP. That's a long time, man. Thank you, bro. 
Uh, Eric Newton with a $5 super chat. Happy Memorial Day to you in the OTS chat. Thanks to all the military servicemen and women who do what they do. Thank you, Eric. Another patriot here in the OTS venue. Thank you, brother. Firefighter Jimmy, one, two, three. Thank you for your service, brother. I see you. Joseph Gonzalez with a 499. All year, I've felt like weekly wrestling TV has been flat with mostly non-existent riding. The sport has been on autopilot. Yes, it has been. WWE and AEW have certainly been on autopilot for sure. David Wiley with a $2 super chat. Do you think jo- Joey Starks could beat Charlotte? Who's Joey's? Joey, Joey Starks? We're not talking about Janela, are we? No, we're not, we're not talking about Janela, right? I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Why why he's attacking me, I, I don't know. Janela apparently wants to hunt me down. I never said anything about him. Maybe I'm being worked. Maybe. Maybe this is a work and I'm not filled in on it. I'm surprised Janela has Wi-Fi in the fucking trailer park that he lives in. How he has Wi-Fi in the trailer park to tweet me, man. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Zoe Stark. That's who we meant. Okay. Come on, David. I'm gonna need you to get with the program, bro. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to dump you. Okay? Joey Nutella. I know. Clone Force. Clone Force seems the, seems to be the only one donating tonight. Uh, Clone Force, four ninety nine, one ninety nine, and a four ninety nine. Brock beats Cody, and Cody wins Money in the Bank. and beats Roman at SummerSlam, and Brock gets a shot at Cody for the WWE title since he has to pin Cody, or has pinned Cody already. A possibility. Keep up your amazing work, Jay. The OTS for life. And I want Cody to win Money in the Bank and beat Roman at SummerSlam because I'm not waiting until WrestleMania 40. That's way too long. I agree. Him. With a four ninety nine, this is his first super chat. Thank you, him. Uh, hey, JD, I've been a fan for four years. You always made my day better. Saw a report saying Cody versus Bray could happen at SummerSlam if Bray isn't ready. It'll be Lesnar. Oh yeah. Where'd you hear that report, him? Because I didn't see that. If it came from Zero News. I would not believe it. G2G Corey. 
$5 super chat. I have much love for what you do, JD. Keep up the great work, bro, and be blessed. OTS for life. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for your first time super chat, man. Hopefully it's not the last. Nemesis. For the four months. Have you checked out the final shape trailer for Destiny that was released early? Cade is back. OTS for life. I did. Anything Destiny related. I'm all over. Love it. I'm actually going to jump on right now. Finish a dungeon. Maybe. Tony Brown with a 199. I second the Memorial Day. I'm a Vietnam veteran. Tony Brown, that's why we love you, brother. Salute to you, my friend. Enjoy your Memorial Day, my friend. Matt, the PW fan with a $5 CBJ. Did you catch any of the PlayStation Showcase? If so, what games caught your attention? Uh, there was this Samurai game. I don't know what it was, man. Uh, something zero. I forgot the name of it. Let me see if I can find the name of it. Metal Gear Solid. I don't know if Konami's making that game or not. I would say the most the most exciting thing coming out of it is the uh, Project X or whatever the fuck they're calling their new handheld, Project Q. Because when I want to watch Monday Night Raw in the living room, I want to take my PlayStation with me and play some Destiny handheld, man. That's great. Final Fantasy uh, 16 looked fucking great too, man. Phantom Blade Zero. That's what it was. Phantom Blade Zero. Yes. That shit looked crazy. That shit looked crazy, man. And then Mohammed Issa with a 220. JD, you have to check out the Spider-Man 2 gameplay. I did, bro. I did. I liked it. I liked it. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me on this Friday night, man. I know it was a light show. Not much going on, man. I wish I was here longer. I wish you guys actually gave a shit. I wish you guys were a little bit more excited, but it happens, man. It happens. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Hopefully we have a better afternoon on Saturday afternoon, man, with Night of Champions. You guys know where to find me. I'll be live right here on the podcast, on YouTube, in the venue. We're going to the beer garden tomorrow, man. The beer garden is back. Tomorrow afternoon for Memorial Day weekend. I can't wait to hang out with you guys and have a cold one. Follow me on social media for all the updates. At JD from NY206. Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on that bell for notifications. Guys, I will see you right back here for Night of Champions right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.